back to the crossover podcast the show where you get comics and you get sports and we're going to be talking sports and a little bit of pop culture and joining me today the six gun lover himself craig needles how's it going fine thank you all right good to have you back so yeah today we're gonna get caught up on the nhl and and nba playoffs i'm gonna just let you decide where you want to start you want to start with hockey or basketball let's start with uh let's start with hockey all right i'm gonna i'm gonna say this and I know you're not going to like it, but I'm kind of cheering for Ottawa. Um, I just, I just think I they understand have... that. I would yeah. much rather, I, I'd rather Pittsburgh win, obviously, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be broken up about if Ottawa does. My biggest concern, and the only thing I'm truly worried about between now and the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, is the Nashville Predators win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I think Nashville Ottawa is the best finals as far as storylines go, because you get the perfect uh, storm of. If Nashville wins, you, you know, you've got P.K. Subban potentially winning one and, and sticking it to, uh, you know, Montreal and the people and the, the ne'er-do-wells who traded him for reasons that are not understood by me. And Ottawa, if they get there, I mean, they, they've got all their, their awesome stories like Craig Anderson and Bobby Ryan and Clark MacArthur and what those guys have gone through this entire season. And, and to see them just get what I believe many would – perceive as an unexpected Stanley Cup title that that'd be a lot of fun plus I mean you know despite what the prime minister of this great country said it it, it you know not everybody is going to be cheering for Ottawa like no that, that's such a weird stigma that we have here in Canada that I don't know people seem to think oh you know well you know all of Canada must be rooting for for the the, the last Canadian team that, that that's left and that may be true in cases like for me, where I don't cheer for a Canadian team anymore because of some movements that happened when I was a young lad. And so I, I have no ill wills towards most of these Canadian franchises. So I like I other than when that Vancouver when Vancouver got to the Stanley Cup against the Bruins that one time, that was just an emphatically unlikable Vancouver Canucks team like I right but it was also an unlikable Bruins team yeah that was that was lesser of two evils I guess but even then I was just like it was just like I'm not cheering for either of these teams to win I hope they both kill each other and then they nearly did yeah because well obviously with that Vancouver team you have the extremely unlikable Ryan Kessler extremely unlikable as well as the incredibly unlikable Alex Burroughs and the very much unlikable Kevin BX but Boston had the remarkably disdainful Tim Thomas and let's not forget the horrible Milan Lucic it was just not a fun final yeah it was uh what's his face there yet uh Marshawn oh yeah Brad Marshawn Brad Marshawn was on that team too right yeah it was just there was a whole bunch of just terrible people and for me that Bruins team, th- that was the year after the Kessel trade. Yeah. It was just not – it was not a good time for anybody. No. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm fundamentally against the, oh, cheer for the last Canadian team. Like, when Montreal was the last Canadian – the year they got to the conference final against New York, so that would have been 2014. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have cheered for – uh, the Iceland team from D2 over the Montreal Canadiens yeah. that year. I would have cheered for the, the Nazi. Yeah, USSR the Na- hockey team would have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have cheered for the Nazi soccer team from victory before yeah. I would have cheered for the Montreal Canadiens. 
I um, did not want that at, at all. But um, uh, so, and, and I, I would expect if, if Edmonton was the last team, or people from Calgary would be like, oh, you know what? Forget it. Go Oilers. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. No, no way. Absolutely no not. No way. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And here's the thing. I hope that no Canadian team wins the Stanley Cup until the Leafs do, yeah. because the idea of the Leafs being the team to break the drought or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be, and, and people in Western Canada, like, crying themselves to sleep over it, that, like, gives me so much joy, like, in every yeah. part of my body. So, no, I, I, that's the scenario I'm cheering for. I don't want a different Canadian team to win the Cup. Get it? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you from a, a fundamental fan standpoint. But, like, I, I, as – I mean, I think Ottawa is a team, if you are an impartial viewer and you have no loyalty to any particular Canadian franchise, like, I'm not expecting Leafs fans to start cheering for Ottawa. That just that makes yeah. no sense whatsoever, even with, you know – the stuff they got going on. I just think that Ottawa, you just look at the guys they've got fighting through. And I mean, Pittsburgh, there, there's no reason to not like Pittsburgh other than the fact that they, they kind of win all the, you know, they won last year and they've had some success. So, you know, it would be nice to see another team raise it up. I, I just think as we're in a situation where as long as anyone not named Anaheim comes away with it, right? Yeah. No, right. I think it, for me as a Leaf fan, Anaheim is a more disastrous win than Ottawa. Yeah, just like the, like Corey Perry, who I loved with the London Knights, but he's not a good person. And then you mentioned Ryan Kessler earlier; he's back, but with a different team, and 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 is really and even much. more heelish than ever. Yeah, he's he's bad guy wrestler at this point. Like it's 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 pretty bad, especially when he at one point tried to untie the goaltender's equipment in that in that uh, Edmonton yeah. series. Yeah, it's just. Classic, classic. Uh, yeah, no, and, and here's the thing: is I, I don't want Randy Carlisle ever coming to get Stanley Cup ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no interest in that. Fair enough. So that that is the the nightmare scenario for me. Now, PK Subban winning the Stanley Cup and stapling a picture of PK Subban winning the Stanley Cup to Mark Bergevin's head yeah. to quote from The Simpsons. That's a scenario I can get behind. Yeah. Him him bringing back the cup to that. Children's Hospital in yeah, Montreal, to which he hospital. donated $10 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's... that got a real locker room problem. Anyway, uh. um, no, they uh, that that whole thing was bizarre. But the important thing, and the thing that I'm uh, most excited about, in, in, interested in with this Ottawa-Pittsburgh series, is the Penguins are just so banged up. They're gassed, too. For the, like, so that Washington series up. took they that out of them, too. They should never have beaten like based on the, the penguins health situation mm-hmm. like obviously crosby malkin kessel are healthy and if you have those three guys you're gonna have a chance you're gonna have a chance if you have those three guys but if you look at the blue line and you look at the forwards that are not crosby malkin or kessel and we don't even know whether Sidney crosby's playing at, at, at full tilt right now that it's it's unbelievable what they've uh what they've been able to accomplish the fact that they beat that washington team is just mm-hmm. bizarre to me like why how did washington not win that series well, they it, – it was it, – it, losing that game one at home really was where it, it, it started to – like, I mean, like, that series, I think, came in in, in three different stages as far as, as Washington was concerned. Losing that first game at home was bad because it sparked all of the, oh, here we go again, uh, you know, type of we – can't, we, can't, we come so far, this is the team we just can't beat. Um Game four, losing that one to go down 3-1 when Crosby was out for game four. Yes, that was probably the... Yeah, it was the second stage. And game seven, like, 
Like there was this weird thing where when they got down three one, they started playing like there was no pressure on them, and they really took it to Pittsburgh in games six, five and six to tie up the series, right? Like they re- like they, they walked in there like I know you picked uh, Washington and five at the beginning of the series. I did, and you got the Washington. I think you were expecting in games five and six where they absolutely rolled the Penguins in both games, and then game seven comes along, and then it's just Mark Andre Fleury turned into the ghost of Terry Sawchuck for one game, right? And, and actually, he was incredible that entire series. I should amend that statement, but game seven he was he was otherworldly and. Washington peppered him for the first 20 minutes, got nothing, and then Pittsburgh scored the first goal, and you could just, you know, hear the 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 bubble burst in in the arena, and it just, yeah, it was something else. It was something else. Um, and here's the like, well, obviously Flurry was better than Holtby, and that probably wound up being mm-hmm. the difference in the series because Washington had a territorial advantage, but just you would think that they would have gotten at least a couple of bounces somewhere or Holtby would have made a save at a big spot but that never happened but yeah, uh, Holtby, Holtby not Hol- Holtby Braden Holtby was like he wasn't great against like he was okay against Toronto mm-hmm. but he wasn't great and then he was in some of the games against Pittsburgh he was just simply not good at all so mm-hmm. um as for the Penguins going forward if Sidney Cross is able to win this series and then one more that's like just the ultimate in uh in his like accomplishment repertoire if he's able to take this group to a Stanley Cup final, mm-hmm. like based on how injured everybody is, like again, I know Kessel and Malkin are both there, but everybody else has been in and out of the lineup. Latang hasn't played at all. Um, they are they are in a bad way. So I think that this series, and the reason why I picked Pittsburgh to win the series was the way Ottawa beat New York and the way Ottawa beat Boston was. We're going to have Eric Carlson on the ice against your best guy. And he's going to tilt the ice our way while your best guys are out there. And that's going to really hamstring your offense. That's what they did against Boston. But Boston really only has the one above average line, especially when Krejci was hurt. That's what they did against New York because New York really has they, – they've got some good forwards. But they really only, only the Nash line was really firing on all cylinders and, and against Montreal at least. And Carlson was able to tilt the ice a little bit against them. Um, I would thought that with Pittsburgh, okay, you've got Crosby and Malkin and Kessel. You're going to be able to spread those guys out, and Carlson's not going to be able to be, be able to be on the ice against all of them. The issue is Ottawa formerly had a bunch of possession black holes in their regular in their regular season lineup. That problem seems to have alleviated itself. It's uh, it's not a disaster what they've done possession wise in the playoffs, like it was a little bit during the regular season. So. Uh, who did you pick in this series before it started? Because at, at the recording I, of this, it's 2-1 Ottawa right now. I picked the Penguins to win the series in six games. I had that too. Now, do you feel like amending that at all after three games? I just looked at what Ottawa was able to do last night, and uh, I don't see how they're going to be able to – the Penguins are going to be – like, obviously, maybe Pittsburgh gets a little bit healthier, and we've seen the Penguins play that badly against Washington in Game 5. They played that badly, eventually came back and uh, played okay in Game 7. But whew, I, I think the Sens might win this series just because I thought that the territorial – massive territorial advantage Pittsburgh would have when Carlson wasn't on the ice, that hasn't been there. Yeah. Carlson's obviously, you know – directed a lot of shots towards the Pittsburgh net when he's been out there. But I thought there'd be a bigger territorial advantage, a bigger goal advantage when Carlson wasn't on the ice, and that just has not been the case. 
I completely agree. I'm sticking with my prediction because I'm 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 just not willing to give up on Sidney Crosby and and what he's accomplished. So I'm I'm sticking <laughs> with my Pittsburgh and six. But I am I'm right there with you. I th- I think this this Ottawa team is is really turned me around. And Pittsburgh just looked gassed. It took it, it seems like winning that games that series against Washington just took so much out of them. Especially plus they're just not healthy and they're just not healthy. Right. And that has to catch up with you at some point. And in, in, one would think anyway, playing just all these games and they always tell you that, you know, one playoff game is the equivalent of like three regular season games. Right. In the States in, especially with the NBA, Craig, we're, we're always concerned with ranking guys all time. Like LeBron James, where does LeBron James go? Is he better than MJ? Is he, is he not better than MJ? Is he better than magic Johnson? And so on yeah. and so on. But that, by the way, is the only LeBron James debate is, is he the best guy ever? Yes or no. And if it's not him, it's Jordan. That's the debate. That, oh, that's absolutely. Only. Yeah. LeBron James is, is one or two. I'm not hearing, and you know me, I'm a giant Celtics fan. I'm not hearing Larry bird. I'm, I begrudgingly have respect for the likes of the Kobe Bryant's and the magic Johnson's. But they, they, I'm sorry, it's they're not even close. It's it's LeBron and, and Michael Jordan and and and, he, and people over forty for whatever reason don't like they just won't accept the LeBron James <laughs> like like they won't accept any sort of like Michael like anyone v Michael talk. But I'm sorry, it's at least a conversation. Where does Sidney Crosby rank for you all time right now? I think he has to be in the top ten. I yeah, I think he's higher than that. To be honest with you, I think he's top five. I'm I might. I I can't I can't hear any argument for him over Gretzky. Nope. Over Mario. Nope. Over Yager. Nope. Well, over... maybe I could argue Crosby Yager. I think. You think so? I don't know, I, man. I I mean, I think it's a debate. I I think I could go either way on that one, but um, I think it's at least a discussion. I'll say my that. top my top five is uh, mm-hmm. in this order: Gretzky, Lemieux, or Hashik Yager. Okay. Now I don't I don't know whether we want to count goalies here, but no, that's yeah, we we can five. count goalies. It's, I mean, it's obviously tough to debate uh, goalies. Four, I, I think four. I think like I might have Crosby above Orr. Like this, that might be a super hot take, but I I mean Orr just his career was cut so short, right? And and. Yeah, how you feel about longevity obviously matters yeah. with when you're talking about or and how you're talking when you're talking about Lemieux, mm-hmm. because as great as Lemieux was, uh, there was Lemieux. obviously a lot of games that he missed that he could have played. Yeah. Um, but or like that guy had 102 points in 1971. Yeah. And he was playing defense in 1971, and he had 102 points. That's true. Goalies, like I think you could argue that practice back I think then though. That's uh, that's <laughs> true, but like. You're right because there are a lot of guys in that team that uh, that that had a lot. Or sorry, he had a hundred and two assists rather, yeah. 139 points. Yeah, you, there's a lot of guys mm-hmm. that uh, scored big, but I think you could argue that 1971 Bobby Orr is the best player, like the best season anyone's ever had. Yeah, definitely. I think you put together that like the, the like if you're talking about the the peaks of NHL players. 1971 Bobby Orr is the best, the best peak that anyone's ever had. Uh, Bobby Orr 102 assists that season. Second was Phil Esposito with 76. Yeah. Bobby Orr was uh, seventh or eighth in the league rather with 37 goals that season. 
He was second in the league in points. Only uh, Phil Esposito had more, but I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. But one would think that Phil Esposito got a lot of goals off of Bobby Orr assists. So uh, I think that if we had like possession stats from 1970, 1971, oh, they would be I think the Bruins would have had the puck for like 80% of the time when Bobby Orr was on the ice. Yeah. And, and like, cause we've all seen those old clips of Bobby Orr killing a penalty, right? Where he would, uh, he would carry I'm just the puck. skate around for two minutes. Exactly. Yeah. He would get the puck and take it into the other team's zone and be like, am I going to take a shot? Nope. I'm going to go around the net, take it back out, take it into my end and then, you know, go behind my own net and keep stick handling. Am I going to take it out? Nope. Going back. And it was just like, yeah, he would just stick handle for two minutes. It was, it was, those old clips are, are incredible, but I mean, it's tough comparing. It's just as tough comparing NBA eras, eras as it is to compare NHL eras. Cause I mean, or played back when, I mean, you mentioned Phil Esposito, Phil Esposito looked like John Goodman on skates, right? Like, like he was <laughs> not in shape. Right. And, yeah. and you see the guys that Crosby has to play with now they're, you know, Phil Esposito size, but they can skate and turn and hit and and handle the puck right and they're 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 like you know Zidane Chara looks like he should be a boxer or something and he's friggin you know on skates and 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 he can turn and and yeah and it's just and the goalies are the are the big one too like or played in an era where the goalies didn't practice because they didn't wear friggin masks and stuff like that right so yeah it's it's ah it's so weird um speaking of legacies we're a little late to the party on this one, but uh, we should spend a couple minutes on on Ovechkin. Sure. I mean, you and I are both unabashed Ovechkin defenders and lovers. Where, I, I mean, it's yet another, is, is this just going to be it? Great goal scorer couldn't win a game seven? Yeah. So many like, times, though, just could he get a save? Like, could he get one save? Yeah, like, yeah. Just... Or, like, there's a variety of things that you could say for that exact thing. Like, could he get the save? Is there a situation where he could have maybe had someone else score a goal for him? You know what I mean? Like, there's just – there are a lot of things that could have gone down. And, and I, I think that it honestly was just bad luck. If you look at the Washington – and we talked about this a little bit before the start of the playoffs. Washington – during the capital, like the, during the Ovechkin era, um, they lost a lot of game sevens. They lost a lot of game sevens against really good goalies. And they lost a lot of game seven situations where they dominated territorially and didn't wind up being able to get that big goal they needed. So I don't think that that, to me, hurts Ovechkin's legacy. I think if you're talking about the best guys ever, I think I don't think Ovechkin's in the top ten, but I think he's close. And what's happened in the playoffs didn't really change that for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Like he, I mean, like basically, if you don't count running into Sidney Crosby and Henrik Lundqvist, which Alexander Ovechkin did on a somewhat regular basis, I think four times for Lundqvist and three for Crosby. They, you know, obviously they had that loss against Montreal that they were heavily favored in that series, and Halak stole it, but. It's, to me, it's not a situation necessarily where um, they're they're gacking off things or they're just like you know playing terribly. They just had games stolen from them by goalies. Yeah, and so many game sevens too. The the, the most egregious one you mentioned it is the is the, the what was that two thousand nine the Halak two thousand ten yeah Halak series 0-9-0-10, yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, that's, uh, that's the one that was that that's inexcusable. But uh, I don't know if it was. Well, I just it's think, not inexcusable. Okay. It's Sometimes just... the other team's goalie puts up a nine sixty save percentage. Yes. Like, what are you gonna do? Yes. Like, you yeah. like Halak was insane in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, then yeah, that's that sparked the old Halak or Carey Price. Who you got? Right. right? Yeah. And then they traded Halak, which I said at the time was the right move. They yes, sold I, high. Yeah. And they got uh, Lars Eller for him, so they sold high, but then they didn't get enough of a return. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, Eller was a first round pick at the time, but anyway, uh, I think that. And then there was the sweep against Tampa Bay, but that that 2011 team wasn't particularly great hmm. for Washington. They 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 had 107 points, but still, it wasn't a. Wasn't as loaded as some of the other years, so yeah, it, it, it hurts his legacy a bit. And people are going to talk about that if they never have sort of the big breakthrough, if they never get out of the second round of the playoffs. Because we're not just talking about a guy who's never won the Stanley Cup; we're talking about a guy who's never played in the conference, conference finals. Final, yeah. So that that's going to hurt the legacy a bit, but I don't think that it should. Because if you look at Ovechkin, like if you look at his career, like this is a guy who is the the, the defining goal scorer of a generation. And, and based on uh, like you could we, again, we were talking errors earlier. Based on if you're comparing errors, maybe the greatest goal scorer of all time. I think that you could put that that argument depending on how the next couple of years go. But yeah, if you look at you know his adjusted goals, um, just on HockeyReference.com, they adjust goals based on error and things along those lines. If if he's paying in sort of a median error as opposed to a lower scoring one like he's been in, he probably have close to 650 goals right now. Yeah, it's that's insane. good. Yeah, <laughs> that's and 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 his, his actual his actual total uh, is um, quite impressive. As far as, yeah yeah like as as far as uh, is 558, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like, he scored 50. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, Ovechkin, he's, he's over the hill now. He had, he had a tough season, and he wasn't really driving play at, uh, at five versus five. But he, he shot 10.5%. His career, that does not typically happen to him. His career is usually up 12 13% somewhere. So maybe he just wasn't getting the bounces as much as he did this year. He scored 50 in 2015-2016. I see no reason why he can't get there again. And if he does that, he'll have 600 goals at some point next year. Uh, there are not a lot of guys that scored 600 goals that didn't play hockey in the 1980s. In fact... I'm willing to bet you to the end. Like, I'm just looking at the alt. Like, how many guys did score 600 goals that didn't get to inflate their numbers in the 80s? I'm pretty sure there. I remember reading some statistic where there's only three guys in the history of the league that have uh, like seven or seven straight or something. I'm I'm fudging it, but like 50 goal seasons. Yeah. And the three guys are Gretzky, Bossy, and Ovechkin. And Ovechkin's the only guy who didn't do that in the 1980s, right? Yep, um, absolutely. So I'm just looking at the so Gordy Howe 801, but he played until he was some absurd age. Yeah, 49 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still though, like Gordy yeah. Howe, obviously a great goal scorer. Yeah, uh, Gordy Howe, by the way, when we were talking all timers. Yeah, and that's he certainly be in the top five for me, mm-hmm. as, perhaps as well, maybe sixth. Yeah. Uh, Yarmer Yager 749, but the rest of these guys, Marcel Dion, Phyllis Bazito played in the 70s, so it's mm-hmm. not quite the 80s, but Mike Gartner, Mark Messier, Steve Eisman, Mario Lemieux, uh, these guys that have more than 600 for the most part really racked up their stats in eras where it was easier to score than it is right now. Not Jerome McGinley. Jerome McGinley 625 and his adjusted goals, like, really impressive. But um, most of these guys, they racked up some big numbers in a time when it was easier to do that than Ovechkin has had it. So Ovechkin, by the, by this time, 
by the time we're doing this conversation next year, I don't see a scenario unless Ovechkin gets seriously hurt that he's not 19th all-time in goal scoring at the age of 32. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive if that's what winds up happening. McIndoe wrote this great article the other day that I was reading where he was comparing teams that would habitually have regular season success but for whatever reason couldn't get it done in the playoffs. And there would always be a rock-bottom moment with all of these teams, right? And he was heavily comparing them to the the current state of the Washington Capitals to the early 90s Detroit Red Wings, right? Who couldn't get it done and looked like after a Game 7 goal in 1996 by probably the greatest goal ever captured on tape, the Steve Yeiserman goal, slap shot from from the blue line where you get the the back shot from the net where the puck just saucers over yep. the shoulder. So good. And then he did the jump celebration, hurt his knee, but you know, did the, and then you got that, the shot of Gretzky with the chin strap off going, ah, oh, damn it. Right. Like, and unfortunately they ran into a, a, a team with burgundy jerseys who I, I can't remember the name of it, but doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But uh, they knocked him out in six when they were the heavy favorites. And that was kind of the, the rock bottom moment for that era of, the Red Wings, because I remember there was talk of like, remember that was when the Yeiserman for Alexi Yashin rumors. Yep. Were, were, I, re- I was living in Ottawa when that happened. I remember yeah, that. You well. remember that? Yeah, the, that was when that was kicking around. And Detroit obviously came to their senses, didn't do that trade, and then they won two straight Stanley Cups after that, right? So there's a chance. You, want, you just wonder how different the history of the league would have been if that had happened. Oh, the Detroit Red Wings don't like that streak, obviously, doesn't. It ends much, much quicker, I think. Actually, well, tough to say. Yashin, Yashin was pretty good, man. That's true. He was pretty good. But uh, it's probably not as big a change as I'm, I'm thinking it in my head. I'm just thinking, like, back to those wars that the Avalanche had with the Red Wings and how vehemently I was – I just hated Steve Yeisman. And any time he had the puck, I was like, oh, God, he's going to do something with it, right? And I'm just trying to figure, think – I'm like, would I have feared Alexi Yashin the way I feared Steve Yeiserman? I just I, I don't know if the fear would have been there is the only thing for me, but it's probably not as big a drop off as I'm imagining it. In my yeah, right and and uh, those teams were loaded with talent. Like, yeah, like that that one or that one Red Wings team or sorry the 2002 Red Wings team that had what like ten Hall of Famers on it or something like that, right? It was an absurd number, but I believe that was the number. Yes. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I just, I, I hope, because, I mean, you know, the Ovechkin rumors are already kicking around, but they're never going to trade it. Ted Leon's just loves him way too much. And, and, and it here's also the is thing. Dumb. Well, I don't know if it is dumb. I think that there is something to be said for, like, again, Ovechkin and even strength this year was not driving possession the way he was. And, yeah, the shooting percentage was down. There might be something to be said for maybe not this summer, but next summer, mm-hmm. making that deal. Yeah. It's because just... there's going to be three years left at nine and a quarter, nine and a half, rather. And I'm gonna look. I'm looking at that deal and thinking to myself, hmm, like, is Ovechkin going to be a nine million dollar player the last four years of this deal? And the answer to that's probably not, right? Yeah, I agree. But I mean, like, they were kicking around like Vegas, like Ovechkin to Vegas, and I'm like, on paper that sounds awesome because Vegas would get their uh, would get their jersey seller, right? Their their marquee yeah. guy that they can put on all the posters and stuff out out in front of the arena. But in what world does Vegas have the assets to trade for Alexander Ovechkin, right? I like, honestly, what what does Washington want for him? 
considering yeah. they have got like just looking at their cap friendly sheet like they have got some decisions to make mm. this summer yeah. They have got some huge decisions to make this summer because the cap is just is is a big issue for them. And you look at some of the guys who need new deals now or will need new deals in the not too distant future and you think to yourself, well, it might be a little bit easier if they didn't have that nine and a half on the books for four more years because you look at TJ Oshie, unrestricted free agent. You look at Justin Williams, unrestricted free agent. Daniel Winnick, unrestricted free agent. Those aren't the end of the world. But then you look at the RFAs. You have Jenny Kuznetsov, Andrei Burakovsky. Those are guys that are going to be looking for a payday and deservedly so. They're really good players. And then you look at the defense. Carl Alsner, Kevin Shattenkirk, both unrestricted. And I think you could lose... You're going to have to lose Shattenkirk. I don't think you really have a choice there. I think you could lose Carl Alton. It's not the end of the world. Dmitry Orlov is a restricted free agent. Like those, These are some good players. They need to find a way to pay. And right now, for next season, they've got $50 million committed to 11 guys. That's not that many guys for a lot of money. They've got $23 million to fill out the rest of a roster. That's not going to be easy. Yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. They got they got some decisions to make. I th- I yeah. I'm of the mind that I think they'll figure it out and they're going to be back at at the top of the uh, probably. I think win you're the right. President's trophy again next I year. I think you're absolutely right about that. I'm just saying that the hey, let's not trade Ovechkin. Like I think that there is a logical argument mm-hmm. for trading Ovechkin that has nothing to do with losing that game seven to Pittsburgh. True. Yeah. Very. Ch- I, you know, it's it. They should at least look. I just think Ted Leonis loves Ovechkin so much. He and, and fair. Get rid of you know him. what? Ted, Ted Leonis has made a lot of money thanks to Alex Ovechkin, so I can understand why he'd be attached to that particular player. Mm-hmm. Um, but Backstrom's the best guy in that team. Though. Should yeah. Should they at least field calls? See what they can yeah. get. Absolutely. If, if, and if, if Vegas, if it's there. Do it. I say yeah. right. I just don't know where Vegas gets because everybody likes to like the first thing everybody says is Vegas. I just don't know where Vegas gets the assets to. Yeah. To move them is the thing. Yeah, and that's fair. You know what? If I were Vegas, I wouldn't want to have that. Like the the last couple of years of that contract, we don't know. And Ovechkin's only going to be thirty five when it ends, so it's not like it's going to be mm-hmm. some crazy. But the last couple of years of that contract may not be fun. And that's not the that's not what I want to build around right away. If I were Vegas, I'd be wanting to build around guys with short term cheap contracts. Yeah. Well, you know, there's one team that could use a use a goal scoring winger that has some assets, Craig. Who's that? The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs have lots of goal scoring wingers. That's uh, true. Mm-hmm. No, because here's the thing: is eventually you're going to have to give Austin Matthews a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's not a smart idea. I was just Ovechkin, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I understand why like people have said that. Just Ovechkin's going to be on the books for nine and a half for the first two years of the years in which you have to give Austin Matthews a lot of money. Washington's going to have to eat some of that though, too. Yes, I would think, think right? that's something that is. I would think that is definitely something that's going to have to happen here. Is Washington's going to have to uh, take on some of that cash? Just because how else do you make this move otherwise? I just don't think it can be done. I really don't think it's happening. So that's that situation. Who did you it's, pick in Nashville, uh, Anaheim? I picked the Predators to win five games. In five? Interesting. I had Nashville in six. Are you staying steadfast on the on the five? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling not too bad about it. I yeah. think that Nashville was the better team in all three games so far. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. The only reason they lost game two is because, unfortunately, Pekka Rene turned back into, like, he he's very Jekyll and Hyde, right? And he turned yeah. into the bad Pekka Rene for that game. A couple of softies over the shoulder, right? And Yes. That, that, yeah, that, that loss was on was on Rene, I thought. 
Yeah, because they were up 2-0 in 3-1 in that game. Yes, yeah, and then a couple of softies, and Anaheim were right back in it. I, yeah, I, I the series think... could easily easily be 3 nothing right now, mm-hmm. and I honestly believe that the Ducks are lucky that this series isn't... Well, I shouldn't say series isn't... Uh, because they, the, the fact that these games have been close has been flattering to Anaheim. Yes, I think so. It, it's It's been... It's been very soccer-esque, I would say, where they've been close games, but they've been, if you're really watching the games, Nashville's been blowing them out because they've just always had the puck, right? It's it's like soccer where you see the one nothing loss. You have, like, the one nothing blowouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little NBA. Sure. Playoffs. Um, do either the Celtics or the San Antonio Spurs get a win in their respective conference finals? The Spurs don't because they're probably not going to have Kawhi Leonard. Um, here's the concern I have with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I thought this going into the series, oh man, they're going to get killed on the glass by Love and Thompson, which is a thing. And I thought there's going to be possessions in which Isaiah Thomas has to defend Kyrie Irving. And that's not fun either. And those are two massive problems, and we haven't even discussed the fact that Cleveland has LeBron James on their team yet. Oh, right, that guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's an issue. The, the, this is not a great matchup for Boston for a lot of reasons, and not just because of the fact that LeBron James is on the other team. Like, there's a few other issues there. So, I don't know. Uh, game, game two, if, if they don't, if the Celtics don't win game two, if they go back to Cleveland down 3 nothing, they're not going to get a win this series. Yeah, I agree. I was, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I thought game one was their best chance because I thought, you know, there was always the potential for rust. But then in that first five minutes of the game, Cleveland dispelled any kind of yeah. rust versus rust debate. So I watched that first five minutes and I was like, ah, crap. Right now, I, I'm Celtics fans I know are rather delusional and 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 touchy to say the least about about the Celtics predictions out there I harbor no sort of delusional scenario outside of injury-based scenarios where the Celtics are winning this series no but I nor should you. I thought they would at least get to five Best case scenario, push it to six, have a game six on their own home floor. If game six, or actually, no, game six wouldn't even no, be No, game on their six would be on the road. Cause yep. they, yeah, cause they, so game six wouldn't even. So I thought six games, I thought losing in six was the the quote unquote best case scenario outside of, you know, injuries. Uh, so yeah, I didn't have it. I didn't, I didn't harbor in, in any kind of delusions, but uh, I really thought the getting game one was the, was the chance to. Uh, it was the chance to clip them, but since they didn't, I game two they've really got to come with it. Otherwise, they're just completely boned. And lay, yeah, I completely agree. If they lose the second one at home, it's going to be a sweep because they're not getting one on the road because they just have too many young guys like the the Avery Bradleys, Jalen Brown especially, Marcus Smart as well. Um, those guys they just they they play better at home because they're young. So obviously, when the crowd's behind them, they 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 get amped up. That's just that's just the way things go. Uh, we're a little late on this. What'd you think of the Zaza thing? Uh, obviously, he's got a history, but uh, I didn't see anything. Like, 
I, I think I thought that was a little bit rich for, coming from Popovich. And hey, no oh. one loves Greg Popovich more than me. Yeah, like but launching Greg... boulders from his glass house. Of, yeah, of, I, I think that Greg Bruce Popovich Bowen. exactly. <laughs> Greg Popovich bringing the Bruce Bowens on his team for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I thought. And Bruce Bowen was the ultimate in crap like that. Oh yeah, he in- well and... no, he didn't invent that move, but he certainly perfected it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, um... The late close, stick the foot yeah. out. Oh god, he yeah. rolled. If there was if. If if you could go to Basketball Prospectus or whatever, or True Hoops or any of those those great websites, and and if there was like a stat for rolled ankles, Bruce Bowen would be so far rolled ahead. ankles for forty eight minutes. Wow, look <laughs> at that! Exactly right. Yeah, it was just yeah. Like that, like I said, that wasn't just throwing stones. That was launching boulders from his glass house. I thought Popovich. Yeah. And you know that's coming. And you, you and like you said, you and I are big Popovich fans. May, I I firmly believe he's the greatest basketball coach of all time, Greg Popovich. And it's, oh yeah, it's I don't think close. it's even close. Exactly. I, I don't I don't think it's close. What a mess this NBA playoffs has been though. Uh, but I do think it's gonna I, be pretty hilarious when the two teams get there, 12, 12 and zero in that game. Yeah, because I feel like that's exactly what's gonna happen. And clearly the C's parted a little bit. Like, who knows what Cleveland does against Toronto if Lowry's able to play? Like, mm-hmm. do they sweep them? I don't know. Um, and there's all sorts of things that could have hypothetically been a little bit different, but, um, and unclearly Leonard not playing has been a big issue for, uh, uh, for San Antonio and the Rockets might've been better equipped to go up against, uh, Golden State and the Rockets deciding to not show up in game six. Like that was just one of the more inexplicable playoff games in the last 25. Yeah, oh God. Yeah. That was everything. Absolutely about insane. Um, the Spurs essentially said, what up for, forget it. We'll just win game seven. Like that was the plan. And they won game six anyway. Um, the Rockets not showing up at the conference finals, I think, was a break for the Warriors, obviously. Not just because Kawhi Leonard's hurt now, just because I think that the Spurs have some matchup issues against the Warriors. And the, the Rockets, obviously, everyone has matchup, matchup issues against the Warriors. But the Rockets uh, may have been able to expose some of their own. However, yeah, that's, the Rockets would have uh, won one game, right? Like, there's no way they get swept, I, th- I think. But... Uh... I think the Spurs, I, be, I believe in Pop so much, I think they're going to get one game at home where they just ratchet up the defense and win some sort of, like, ugly, like, 99-90 yeah, type game. I know the Warriors are killer, but... Like, the Warriors, like, who's, like... The, without Kawhi Leonard, who's the best player on the Spurs? Who's the Spurs' next best guy? Well, the Spurs guy, no one on the... No, no Spurs fan would say a Mar- LaMarcus Aldridge. I know that much. They hate <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge. He's, he's not going oh. over well. No, but man, let's just I say for it. argument's sake, it is LaMarcus Aldridge just yeah. because I don't know, like I what else we're going to say? Danny Green, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's just say for argument's sake, it is LaMarcus Aldridge at this point in our lives. I'm not saying it he's sounds. The fifth, he's the fifth best guy on the Warriors. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it sounds logical or that it makes sense because it doesn't. But I just I I just I believe and I trust in Popovich that Popovich can take a a, a you know, band of 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 merry mischief makers and scrap heap guys like they always do and get a win against the Warriors at home in a playoff series. I'm not, I'm not talking uh, making the series competitive. I'm talking about scrapping out one win at home. Getting one win. Maybe it's game yeah. four. The, yeah. the Warriors are already – okay, we're already in the finals. We're yeah. thinking about Cleveland. They do the gentleman's sweep and... thing, right? Where they – yeah, the, the good fellows over at the starters refer to that as the gentleman's sweep where you win the first three, let them win one game at home, and then close it out on your – on the home floor in game five. Yeah. They, they call yeah. it the gentleman sweep. I, I, I rather enjoy that term. Uh, yeah. So I can see that. I could just see, I could just see, I like, I don't know how 
he does it because if I did, I'd be coaching in the NBA, right? Because I'd be on par with Greg Popovich. I don't know how, but I'm just saying he can do it because yeah. he's, he's that good. And I'm like I said, I'm just talking about one win. I think the Spurs, are, I think the Golden State Warriors win in five, and I think I think Cleveland gets another sweep in. I I just think the Celtics are just I think it yeah, took so right. much out of them to win that to to win that Washington series that uh, they're. That that they're just so gassed. <laughs> They've got so many bad matchups, and LeBron's just too good. Uh, good on him, though. Um, um, as for the, uh, we were talking about the um, the next best player on the Spurs, other than uh, Kawhi Leonard, and you have to scroll way the heck down. But uh, I believe that player is Tracy McGrady still on the Spurs. <laughs> no, but play is you're almost going back far enough. I think the, the player efficiency ratings would tell you that the, oh, uh, Pau Gasol. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, how do we forget Pau? Yeah, it's definitely. Well, right, sure. And, and I, I, yeah, you might get an argument on that from some people either way. The, uh, the important thing here is that, that he's, he's the fifth best player on the Warriors. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look at player efficiency ratings, he's also behind JaVale McGee, who was 10th in the league in that. Oh, goodness. That's wow. something. Mm. Yeah. Pop's, or, so <laughs> Pop, Pop's really good. So Pop's good. really good. And you know what? The, 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 the Warriors are good, too. But uh, it's real easy to look real good when you're often on the floor with Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant at the same time. Yeah, there's always one of those guys on the floor. <laughs> Always yeah. one of those guys. And sometimes two. Always yeah. top, probably always two of those guys yeah. on the floor. And right? sometimes if you're JaVale McGee, all four of those guys are on the floor with you. Yeah. That's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Yeah, that, that, that goes on the record. I will say this. After all the trash talking that the Wizards did for most of that series, to have the guy who stuck, you know, the da- who put the dagger in them be Kelly Olenek just going nuts, who's just hilariously insane and the ponytail I'll admit is a bit much but you know he mostly gets like Kelly Olenek's a solid basketball player he's 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 a seventh man at most but like I don't know some of the stuff that's heaped his way in terms of hate is mostly I think facial and pony like ponytail related which is not unfair not necessarily (laughs) unfair but also over the top I would say at times for for him to just be you, you know raining down threes in that game it was it was just as a Celtics fan I I I enjoyed it immensely is <laughs> what I'll say and uh, I think that Celtics Wizards has a chance to become a little bit of a rivalry over the next three four years yeah no it has a chance to be pretty good yeah I think it'll be pretty good um, lottery uh, as a Celtics fan let me just say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good oh i love it um i really think the celtics are going to add markel fultz and gordon hayward to the to the roster this offseason i that'd be that would be extremely helpful mm-hmm. i really do now i don't think now danny ainge is cold-blooded he he does not have any sort of ties to anybody he will trade anybody anything i mean the biggest regret that Red Arbach ever had when he was with the Boston Celtics is it, there was a trade on the table for Larry Bird to Indiana when Larry was well past his prime, right? And Red wasn't able to pull the trigger because he was too loyal to Bird and he thought he'd get raked over the coals in Boston for trading Bird. But looking back on it now, that trade to Indiana would have been the right move. I don't remember the exact 
they, I don't remember the exact terms of the deal that were on the table, but it was something like uh, Detlef Schrempf, two number ones, and uh, whoever, like, one of the second or third best player on Indiana was at the time. His name is escaping me. He was a really good player, though. The, anyway, but the name is escaping me. But anyway, it, it basically... In, in NBA history, right, it would have been it would have been looked at as one of the most one-sided trades of all time. Because Bird would have been cooked not too long afterwards. Yeah, because Bird would have been cooked not too long. Um, but they never did that. Now, Danny may have learned from that mistake by shipping Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett out for three first-round first yeah. picks. And had the foresight to say... No, no, I don't want the, you know, I don't want the 2013 and 2014 first rounders when you're going to be good. Give me those, you know, 2016, 17, 18 picks, right? When when those guys are clearly going to be cooked. And the Russian dude, I can't remember his name, was like... Uh, Prokhorov. Prokhorov, thank you. Prokhorov and uh, Billy King, I think, was running the Nets yep. at the time. Yeah, it was like... Ah, uh, we're gonna have won two titles by then with these guys. It won't, we won't even need first picks. We're gonna have so much uh, sway with these Brooklyn fans. It's gonna be great. And the man. best, the best Nets team got their team. I believe the gentleman sweep we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. I believe the best Nets team with Pierce and Garnett on it got gentlemen swept by LeBron in Miami. Yeah, I, I think I think they they sacrificed all their entire future for one Paul Pierce block in a game seven against the Raptors. Yeah. Like that was it, wasn't it? Yep. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. And Garnett was all right in that series, but yeah. Uh... And Pierce was, was good in that series too, but you could tell that they were kind of empty in the tank. And I, I just remember, you know, I'm pretty sure you had to text me to be like, like, you know, obviously Paul Pierce being traded came across my phone. And then you had to call me to be like, are you okay? You know, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're going to get, get through this. And I was just kind of like, <sighs> you know, I was just kind of like, man, you know, seeing him in another jersey is going to be weird, but it's a fuckload of first round picks, right? <laughs> like, sure I, was just, is. I was like, oh God, oh, I love it. <sighs> this is going to, that's going to go down as one of the most one-sided trades of all time, is it not? I think you might be able to put together an argument that it will go down. And we don't know what Fultz's career is going to be. We don't know who, the, the, what, whether the Celtics are going to pick first overall in 2018 or not. Oh, I think but, they will. <laughs> like, who's well, sign it, with the Nets, right? No, oh, no one, but there's still that pesky lottery that might get in the way. True. Ask the, ask the Phoenix Suns about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't know what the situation is going to be with, with the 2018 pick. But... Basically, if anyone from that trade is good, Jalen Brown already looks like he's going to be at least a pretty decent NBA player. Yeah. Uh, Fultz, uh, whoever else it is, if, if if any of them are good, it's going to go down as one of the worst trades of all time. I really like Markel. Like, I, it, it seems like Markel Fultz is, the, is going to be the pick. I don't see. Yeah. I just think he, he he's everybody's saying he's the best player in this draft in in, a, in what is a very deep draft too, and. Yeah, it just I, it looks like if they add Markel Fultz and Gordon Hayward next year, can they beat Cleveland? I don't know. Uh, Probably not. But here's what I'll say: is that I still think that the Cavs would have the two best players in that series. Yeah. Even even if Thomas still on the team. For I mean, let's let, it's at least. I mean, I think people at least say Cavs in six, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, it's more possible than it is right now. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 man. And we haven't even talked about the gift 
that keeps on giving to me anyway. He's he's not giving to a lot of people. He keeps giving to me. But the gift of Lavar Ball, he is going to the Lakers, and it is going to be fucking sweet, Craig. It is. Going, it's going to be pretty nutty. It's going to be so nutty to the point where the casual fans who kind of root for the Lakers because they're you know the Showtime Lakers with the jerseys and the Kobe Bryant's and the whatnot and and there's a very good chance those casual fans get turned off because like LeVar Ball is going to be sitting next to Jack Nicholson, probably bugging the shit out of him. And man, he's going to be yelling at, at Luke Walton anytime something goes wrong. Oh man, it, it is going to be great. And there's at least a chance. Then like the LA lifestyle has always been something that, that lures free agents. This, there's a very good chance. I th- well, maybe not very good, but there's at least a chance that the quote unquote LA lifestyle sinks Lonzo because like what, what happens when he gets out in, in the, in the LA nightlife and he gets away from his dad. Right. Uh, I don't know. It, it, just like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not casting aspersions on Lonzo cause I don't know him and he seems like a nice kid, but man, it is, this mm, <laughs> it, it, this could go horribly wrong is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely could go horribly wrong. I can't argue with that. I don't argue with that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think he'd be fine, but the, the, the microscope there would be, would be messy. Yeah, and it, oh god, and just, and like we, we all know, like, like Levar Ball's already taken interviews when he gets to L.A., which is, is, is just a, a bonanza, right? Man, he's gonna be on TV even more he's going to be doing god knows what he'll probably try to start like a chain of McDonald's or something oh god I, I, I would I would just love it like to me the most hilarious thing of the of the, the whole LeVar Ball experience has been when he went on I don't know if it was first take or whatever but what, whatever show it was on, on ESPN where they, they went and joining us Lonzo Ball and then from and then the first guy through the curtain who was LeVar Ball and he was like doing the Vince McMahon walk while Lonzo kind of had like a hoodie on and it looked like he was trying not to be seen and it was just like who invited this guy right and it's just oh yeah. god I wish him on the Lakers so badly um, the Lakers moved up three years in a row in the lottery to quote CC Music Factory Craig things that make you go hmm hmm yeah well yeah. here's here's what I'll say like in in one of those three years, the team that got screwed was the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> so I the think Knicks, if the NBA the are going to screw themselves, though, is the thing. They don't need the lottery help, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying if the NBA was going to put the screws to someone to help the Lakers, it would not have been the Knicks. True, but the Knicks also ended up. That's the the draft they got screwed was also the Porzingis draft, wasn't it? Yes, they ended up getting Porzingis, and the Lakers. Uh, who was at the top of that draft? That was Russell, I think. That was the year they took D'Angelo Russell, was it not? Yeah. So the Lakers wound up getting a worse player. Mm-hmm. But how, how how is the NBA to know about this? True. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was something. Um, Andrew Wiggin. No, I'm just looking through. Oh yeah, that was the, the Towns draft. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were going to put the screws to they they, they would have put the screws to the to the process in the Sixers as opposed to the Knicks. But yeah, the Knicks wound up getting I think the second best play. Well, not even I think I quite I'm quite certain the second mm-hmm. best player in that draft 
behind towns. And he already hates playing in New York. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he, Porzingis wants to force his way out of there. Understandably oh. so. Yeah. He, um, he's seeing the writing on the wall. And very early, you know, mo- most of the times it takes five or six years to get there. <laughs> but Porzingis has been here for two years and is just like, fuck this. <laughs> right? yep. So good. Um, do you want to talk all-time one-sided trades for a little bit, Craig? Sure, yeah. There's a couple in here you're going to like, I think. Uh, Babe Ruth to the Yankees for 400000 yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. It's a good trade for New York. Very good trade for New York. Uh, Elway to the Broncos for Mark Herman, Chris Hinton, and a first round pick that I don't yeah. think amounted to much. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a good. That's a good trade for Denver. That's yeah. uh, it's, it's it's that's still that trade's still benefiting the Broncos 32 years after it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so that's that, that's the mark of a good trade when 32 years later you're like actually we're, 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 we're not only are we ahead in this deal but we're moving further ahead as time goes on <laughs> um dr j to philadelphia for three million dollars yeah 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 wonder what they spent the three million on mm-hmm. uh just last time the celtics had the number one pick uh i believe it was 1980 ish and they did in fact trade it craig they traded it to i believe golden state for the third pick in that draft. So they traded down, basically, is what yeah. happened. Got Robert Parrish and yep. used the third pick to take Kevin McHale. Yep, that went well. Yep, that, that went very well. Um, Joe Barry Carroll, I think, was the first overall yep, pick. Yeah, Joe Barry there. Carroll, yep. absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the Angels got Nolan Ryan and three prospects uh, from the Mets for Jim Fergosi. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> imagine, imagine, being, imagine being the Mets and being like, you know what? We are so invested in getting Jim Ferrosi, Jim Fergosi, that we are not only going to give you Nolan Ryan, but we're going to throw in three prospects as well. Well, in the Mets' defense, they, pro- they probably thought Nolan Ryan only had 15, 20 years left in that arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, this guy's only going to be pitching another 20 years. we got to get rid of him now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Dallas and their boatload of draft picks they got from Minnesota for Herschel Walker used that to build a dynasty. That was yeah, pretty hilarious. Uh, the Gretzky trade can't can't talk about one sided trades without talking about the single dumbest trade in the history of sports, right? Jimmy Carson, fifteen million dollars. And the fifteen million pick. dollars was what Pocklington was really after too. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Carson was gravy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Patrick Waugh goes to Colorado. Patrick Waugh and Mike Keane, actually, the Habs kicked in their captain for for Jocelyn Tebow, Martin Ruschinski, Andre Kovalenko. I mean, those guys all ended up being solid uh, NHL players. So this one's not as bad yeah. on paper as it sounds. It's the it's the circumstances under which it happened that makes it absolutely, which so is terrible. A maybe wait a day before making this trade. Yeah. B, maybe call more than two teams. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, like, yeah, like Belfort. As, as, as far as we know, they called Chicago and Colorado, and that was it. Yeah, and and the Chicago deal was just straight up Belfort for Wah, right? And, yeah, and, and, which, that actually would have been not bad. Yeah, I don't think, I feel like the, the needle wouldn't have moved much for either team, right? It probably would have, yeah. yeah I, I think both teams would have been fine. Um couple Leafs ones here. One good, one bad. Actually, let's do two good. Uh, yeah. Matt Sundin for an aging window Clark. That, that was a bad one. Uh, you yeah. know what? He wasn't like, if you say uh, he was aging based on the fact that his back was aging, but Wendell yeah. Clark was only, I think, 27 when that trade was made. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't as bad so, as... Yeah. Now, that said, it was a fantastic trade. Yeah. 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 
Nordique's future avalanche really missed out. Like, like they could have had Sackick, Forsberg, and Sundin on the same team. Right? <laughs> yes, yes, Ooh. that's a thing that could have happened that oh, didn't. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but they did turn Wendell Clark into Claude Lemieux. True, and that uh, that did end up being a, a significant that piece. That ended yeah. up being helpful. Uh, Leafs get Doug Gilmore for, let me check here. Oh, nothing. Yeah, Yeah, okay. it was an 11-player trade. They're, yeah. like, the Leafs got, I think, the, the three best guys. <laughs> that deal. Yeah, that's good. Uh, uh, Gary Lee was in that trade, too, going to Calgary. But, uh, no, it was uh, uh, Jamie McCallum went up having a pretty long-term impact on the Leafs. It's one of the silliest trades when you really think about it. Like, who... When who trades teams, 11 guys? Exactly, right? When two teams right. get together, they're like, let's trade hey, 11 let's trade a it's, it's like something that would happen like in a fantasy league, and everyone would be like, well, what the fuck is this? And you're yeah. like, oh, it's mostly fair, I guess, to not even do anything about it's it. But why, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like, why, yeah, like, why don't you guys just trade rosters, right? If yeah. You, yeah. Uh, so silly. Um, I had to take one away from you, though. The Leafs trade the number one pick to New Jersey for Tom Curvers. And... Yeah, now they made that trade before they knew that that pick was going to be third overall, and obviously they, they like based on the Leafs drafting strategy at that time, I don't think they would have taken Scott Niedermeyer. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> yeah, that... did. <laughs> I don't know understand why we can't just go back in time and have Lou Lamorello become general manager of the Leafs like 25 years before yeah. he did. Yeah, certainly would have like, made certainly would have made things easier right away. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Blue Jays are back in the. I man. <laughs> I don't even know what I want to talk about the Blue Jays right now. I mean, the 24 hours, the last 24 hours have been, have really, like you and I have been referring to this as the no effing way season Yeah. for, I'd say, a solid two, three weeks now. And, and then things look good for a while, and then the last three games they've lost to Atlanta. They've looked terrible in doing it. They've had the guy who's been their best player this season, yeah. quite clearly, have a freak out, and yeah. Yeah, and... and has now been suspended two games for for alleged comment and i i man ugh. Ugh. bad bad uh let's talk about a couple of pop culture things and then, and then we'll get out of here um did you watch the last episode of riverdale craig i did okay spoiler alerts from this point forward uh so a couple seconds of silence if if and you can skip past the riverdale stuff one, two, and three. Oh my God, Craig! Oh, lots of happened. Oh my God! Oh, we had we had simultaneous sex scenes, and yeah. then one got cut off. Yeah. Oh God, I just mm, I I was so upset, and yet it was such a great ending that I I, I couldn't be totally completely upset because I I was the entire season I was telling you that I was just upset that um. I, I was afraid that Luke Perry was going to end up being the murder victim, even though on paper it made absolutely no sense and there was right. no way to connect it. I just thought it was going to be like, there was always the outside chance that it would be him for like just the twist of, he was yeah. the only person who was not doing the ass- right thing yeah. and not an asshole from the beginning of the series up until the last episode. So when it certainly amongst him, the adults, like basically yeah. like Jughead, not an asshole. Yeah. Uh, Archie's dad, not an asshole. Everyone else like, come on. Yeah, everyone else has has, yeah. has had their moment basically, even Archie. Yep. And man, it was it was just so crazy. And then when it wasn't him, I was so relieved because I'm like, great, Luke Perry gets to be on this series in perpetuity and forever. And, and like as we as we enjoy this blissful ten year run of Riverdale on on CW and Netflix, and then he gets shot in the last episode. I mean, I don't think he's dead. At least I hope to God he's not. But 
If Luke Perry is dead, I'm going to be so pissed off. Yeah, I will be. Because he was excellent in this. He's doing show. great. And, He's doing and great. Like, and, like, gracefully moved into Because, like, you and I both love 90210. But, like, in the later years when he was playing uh, Dylan and he was, you know, legitimately 25 years old, pretending to be, like, yeah. 13 or whatever it was supposed to be. Well, it wasn't quite that. But, yeah, you know, you, you, eventually the look did not match the age of the character. Yeah, and he has gracefully. Because, like, one of the best lines of the series is when the girl who plays Sherry, like, knocks on this. She goes, like, hey, Mr. Andrews, you're looking extra dilfy today or something like yes. that. And I was just like, oh, my God, so good absolutely so good so i just if he's dead i'm gonna be so very it was an emotional episode for me because my favorite girl tried to kill herself right yeah oh and then archie had to punch the now have you seen this 13 reasons why show craig i've not you, but do you know of it having I, existed in i, I in i've heard that title Earth? before but i have no idea what it's about well it's based on a book series and it's about the this this girl who ends up committing suicide and it's basically the 13 reasons why she committed suicide. So she recorded these, like, 13 tapes. And so each episode is, is like, going through the events of one of the tapes that she recorded leading up to her suicide, right? It's it's really well done. It's very emotional. I've only seen the last couple episodes because the wife – I had to work, I think it was on Easter Monday, and the wife had the day off. So she tore through the series with her day off. And I got home, and I was, like, you know, probably checking my fantasy baseball team or something on my phone – half watching the last two episodes. But in the last episode, they they show the suicide scene, Craig. And they go for it. I got to tell you, and I, I'm a guy, you know me, I'm a big like Tarantino fan. I can I can handle McGore and 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 my uncomfortable violence in in stuff. But even that scene and and it was it, it was it was very graphic and they went for it. And I and I, I kind of agree with it because if you're going to do 13 episodes about a girl's suicide, to not show the graphic implications of of how bad that would be, I think does a tremendous disservice to the story you're trying to tell. But it was quite disturbing, and I was sitting there getting a little like I got a little queasy. I gotta say, as a grown ass man sitting there watching a fictional television show, got a little queasy. Wife was fine. But for some reason, when Archie Andrews started punching the ice, the wife just started freaking out. And I was like, what are you talking about freaking out? <laughs> like, you watch that crazy, like, suicide mm-hmm. scene and nothing. It was just, it was really weird. And also, hey, Archie, kick it. What are you doing? <laughs> like, like, stop punching Good question. the ice. Kick it. They now, oh. could he have had that much leverage based on the fact that he, like, he would have been having to stand to kick it, right? Maybe. So he would have been on ice. So you, you wouldn't have had the same amount of leverage because you would have been slipping with that one foot that was not kicking. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But also the other people that were kind of just standing there watching him, like Jughead should have also been providing some foot help, I think. But I don't know. I just – kicks are more powerful than punches. That's all I'm saying, Craig, is – is now you're, you're, you're right based on leverage. But I just think kicking would probably have done more damage. But then I you know, you're also risking him falling into the waters. It's just I keep going back to community. Community used to have this this joke, uh, mo- like uh, fictional movie franchise called Kick Puncher Craig, where it was about a cyborg whose punches were had the strength of kicks, right? Oh, so <laughs> yeah, sounds dangerous. Yeah, it was incredibly dangerous. Uh, what what do you rate Riverdale season one? I don't know. I... <laughs> Like uh, sometimes I'm I'm sitting there during parts of it and I'm like oh, why do I watch this and sometimes I'm like oh this is fun which parts <laughs> I don't know like sometimes it, it can get very teen drama no, well it is on the CW right so exactly like, yeah they they do do that but yeah I don't know for the most part it's it's 
Great yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, nine out of ten for me. Like, sure, I'm yeah, very... I can, I can, I can get you that. Uh, give me an eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I will say this: they've, they've uh, apparently started casting, and I predicted this. Um, I believe I, I floated this prediction to you and Jess on one of our Bachelor pods. Yeah. But apparently, they've already started casting or attempting to cast Sabrina, the teenage witch, for season two of Riverdale. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Very excited about that. Bachelor Winter Sports, Craig. Speaking of jazz. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about Bachelor Winter Sports. Yeah. What do you what like when you hear that title and then you read that one mini article, now we have they have not said exactly what the winter sports are going to be. What does Craig Needles want when he hears I want Bachelor Winter Sports? I want the ski jumping. Uh, definitely. Gonna, like, I don't think they're going to do bobsled just like, because today it's incredibly dangerous. But do you think it'll be closer to the Olympics or closer to MTV's The Challenge? I basically that's how I told my wife about the show. I'm like, could you imagine the challenge in the winter time with the people from The Bachelor? Because that's about what's, what's about to happen in our lives. Um, yeah, I think that's a good bet. Is that it's a little bit like the challenge, so it's not going to be like you know Olympic style sports, but there's going to be skis. Yeah, there's going to be jumps. And someone's gonna tear an ACL. <laughs> yeah, probably, right? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever they do, like, you can't see Chad tearing an ACL. Yeah. Like, that's, that's happening. Oh, Chad is gonna be in this, right? Like, and I realized earlier in the year, Ashley. Well, actually, you know, this was just a personal request for from Matt Pierce to to the great Ashley Iaconetti, or however you pronounce her last name. Please come back for this. I realize oh, you're talking, but please come back for Bachelor Winter Sports. I need you. Versus Corinne in something. I don't care what, but I need it. Well, they can't right? be in Paris. I understand. She, I don't know if she wants to do Paris anymore, but that's not the point. The point is this. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's going to be like Paradise only with winter sports. And I, for one, have never been more excited for anything. So yeah. there you oh, go. So good. Um, speaking of the challenge, though, we mentioned the challenge. Have you started watching? Has the challenge started yet this season? Oh, yeah. They just finished the season. They just finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a new one coming up? anytime soon or anything because i, I think did so. i read correctly that one of my favorite wrestlers of all time cm punk is going to be on the challenge uh if, if that's happened I, that's the first time hearing of it okay i was just wondering I, I i thought i read it and i couldn't tell because i don't watch the challenge i know i know you and and your lovely wife oh. enjoy the challenge very oh much. it's 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 probably both of us would say it's our favorite show i should probably get into oh the cm punk <laughs> is going to be on the challenge okay interesting um now I don't. You probably quit watching wrestling during the CM Punk era. Uh, Punk was was great. I used to love him in the Indies before. One of my biggest regrets in wrestling is that ECW didn't let, hang on financially for an extra year or two to the point where CM Punk could have gotten to the real ECW. I think he was in that fake WWE version of ECW for a while, but he never got to the real one where Paul Heyman would have let him cut loose. But he had a great run where he got to be champion. It had a really great moment that I believe is on YouTube, Craig, where he broke kayfabe and they had to cut his mic because he was uh, he was ripping on Vince. He basically got on a mic, got on a mic and started ripping on Vince McMahon to the point where they cut his mic, <laughs> which you know is always great when crap like that happens in wrestling. Of course, yes. So so yeah, he and he he one of the best workers, one of the best mic guys of all time, and he left under tumultuous circumstances. And all I'm saying is, if and he went to the UFC and fought in the UFC and, and had the guts to get in the ring, but got, you know, completely tooled by whatever young 
I think it was like Brazilian kid that had been doing this in his, his entire life, right? Like just whooped him in like 30 seconds. Um, yeah, I don't know. CM Punk, I, I think it's time to bury the hatchet and come back to wrestling. That's all I would say. I, I need more cool promos. I don't, I, I need more cool wrestling promos from him. I don't need him on the challenge is all I'm saying. But, uh, let me know if he wins. That's all I'll say. Although if I'll I'm going to, if I'm going to dive in on the challenge, isn't the one where CM Punk shows up? Isn't that the one I, I, I start with, right? I think that's it. Uh, last thing, and then we'll get out of here. Arrested Development Season 5, Craig. Yeah, it's exciting. Official. Are... What were your feelings on Season 4? How did you feel about Season 4, the Netflix version? I didn't love it, but it was fine. Like it, 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 On rewatches, it gets a little mm-hmm. bit better, but uh, yeah. I didn't love it. That's the thing. I think it wasn't great out the shoot, and I think some of that has to do with the Netflix model of binge-watching it. I don't think helps um maybe it does i don't know like do you feel like the like binge watching rest of development helps because i feel like it's a little bit better in syndication because those running jokes get a bit more time to breathe <sighs> yeah uh i agree i agree um but this that's just not gonna be the model for that show anymore you know no it, it, it can't be and you know i guess i'll take it as opposed to not getting it well, i'll take it anyway i can get it as opposed to not getting yeah. it yeah um, season four, I think is a lot better in rewatch and you have to remember that they were really hamstrung by the fact that they had to shoot the episodes so out of order yeah. because not everybody was on the set all the times and they had to use camera trickery. And you can really notice that like Michael Sarah is not really talking to, you know, Will Arnett in certain scenes and, you know, vice versa with the rest of the characters because, you know, they just, they couldn't get them all on set, but you know, I've heard that everybody's back for this one. So hopefully they can get them on in the same room. Uh, a little bit yeah, more. I don't, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, but uh, I'm looking forward to it either way. Yep, I, I agree. Uh, Craig Needles, thanks for doing this. That closes the chapter on this, because I think that's all the pop culture talk I had. Rest of Development Season 5, I just wanted to get your opinion on. Um, so that is it for you and me for a little bit. We will be back probably once we know who's facing each other in the Stanley Cup Finals. And uh, Excuse me? What? Are you sure? Are you sure we're not going to be talking, say, oh, I don't know, on Tuesday about the first episode of The Bachelorette? Oh, that's on Tuesday. Uh, well, it airs Monday. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that. We got a yeah. – on Victoria Day up here in Kenyatta? That's right. Oh, my God. Well, okay, we'll definitely have to get you and Jess on for at least a mini episode next week. Yeah, okay. I would agree. All right. All right. So that, that completely changes that. Um, also, we've got another special uh, knock on wood that – we're able to get this through, but uh, Rob, KB, and Miller and myself have a little commentary track planned for Monday for Victoria Day, so we're we're hoping to. Uh, all right. We're, we're hoping we can all get together. I, like I'm I'm coming down. I'm gonna be in in Waterloo for a bit this weekend, so hopefully we can pull that off and get get a, get this commentary track recorded. That'll be our special treat for for everybody next week. And apparently, yeah, we'll, we'll have to get you and Jess on for, for, cause you know, my, my, the first episode's always my favorite. Everybody getting out of the, oh, yeah, the limo, on. the whole thing. It's got the, it's got just some of the, we have the some of the bachelor slash bachelor traditions that we all love. Yeah. Oh, so good. All right. I didn't know. I, for some reason I thought it started in June. Nope. Oh man. Oh, now I'm super excited. That was a nice little trip to learn. So great. You're right. All right. Crossover podcast available at the crossover podcast.com, facebook.com slash crossover podcast. Twitter account at Empire Six. That's my official account for the uh, for this podcast, as well as my personal Twitter account because I don't. I'm too lazy to run two Twitter accounts. 
And uh, we're on SoundCloud as well and available on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Craig Needles, Six Gun Lover. Thanks for uh, doing this again. Good talking to you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Quick little tack on segment here to the end of this week's podcast. I want to send a shout out to some of the podcasts who have been shouting us out as well on their various podcasts. Uh, first off to Brandon and the good people over at the movies ruin my life podcast. I was indeed listening to your guardians of the galaxy review and keep up the good work fellas. I, I agreed wholeheartedly with a lot of the stuff that went on. Although I got to say that uh, cliffhanger is a better movie than Goldeneye. Uh, also shout outs to the Mr. BS podcast. You can find those guys on SoundCloud and they shouted us out earlier this week. So good for them and uh, keep up the good work fellas. I, I enjoy the work on your podcast and last, but certainly not least the good people over at the countdown podcast who this week recorded the 10 sexiest movie scenes podcast, which was quite excellent i rather enjoyed their work on that one and i still say selma hayek in from dust till dawn that scene i will put that scene up against anything as far as sexy scenes in movies go and uh to so to wayne and and them at countdown podcast thanks for shouting us out constantly and keep up the good work fellas uh we'll see you guys next week on the crossover podcast take care everybody